0: Kids wash up now. Mom's out of town. Dad's gotta cook. I know it's hard on you, but Hey, I want you guys to get all your stuff ready for dinner. She's Dad. my chair. Brent, leave her alone. You guys, sit nice. Now get all your dishes and stuff ready. I'm not doing it for you. We're gonna have chili for dinner today. All right, You guys, all ready? Get you some. Yeah. Oh, sweet girl. God. God sure has blessed you with beauty. Such a cute little girl. I know. Dad doesn't know how to do hair. I tried to do it with the vacuum cleaner, but it didn't work right. All right, guys. We got to pray for our food. Now, Brent, you think you can get rid of your attitude for a minute and pray for the food? Yes. Okay. You would thank Jesus for the food. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the food. All right. Short and sweet. Here we go, boys girls, hey, everybody. All right. There we go. Eat up. I got you guys some uh, some oyster crackers. Slow down a little there, Scooty. Get you some of this in here. All right. here you go. Do oh, you guys want a drink? You want to drink with your dinner today? Oh, that's your favorite cup, isn't it, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I'm whipping up some pudding for dessert. Nobody like, makes pudding like Dad, huh? You guys like that pudding, don't you? All right. You guys about ready for dessert? We got to get at some army speed here, Sudi. All right. Let's get some dessert here. I'm going to go ahead and put it in for you. There we go. Get you some chocolate pudding today. Whoa. That's good. Yeah. Here you go. Ooh, it's gonna be so good. Oh, got a little extra. You guys need any more drink? Okay. Get you a little more here. Brent wants some. Oh, Brent wants some more? Okay. You want some more, Sudie? Please. Oh, there, there we go. Okay, here we go. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> Is that good? You guys like it when mom's gone, don't you? Dad gets you all fixed up. Yeah, I knew you did. Alright, now we want the crowd to help us figure out what does this little skip mean? OK. What does this little skip mean? Who thinks they know? What do you think it means? Selfish, OK? That's a good word. Somebody want to fill it in a little more? Yes. Our father feeds us. Our father feeds us? OK, go ahead. Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> that we should share. Yeah, that's a good idea. Couple more, yes favoritism you think I'm playing favorites come on man all right yes if you're not obedient you end up with a mess if you're not obedient you end up with a mess and even more than that if you don't get prepared to eat it's going to be a lot harder to eat right little sudi she brought all her stuff Dad told her to get her cup and her bowl and her spoon and all the stuff. She got it. And Mr. Bad Attitude Brent, look what he brought. He brought nothing. And you know why? He's got a big lump of junk here now. Because the food was prepared in a blissful, wonderful way. But he didn't prepare himself To partake the food. Yeah, don't do that. That's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give these guys a hand. Give these guys a hand. You guys what I'm hearing? It's not even on. I felt like it was on. I felt like it was the same. All right, for all you folks who are watching online, sorry well, you just missed the last minute of the uh, service. But, you know, when we come to church, it's our job to bring the attention and the tools to receive the message God has for us. Right? If you're going to take the time to come to church, then take just a little bit of extra time. To come to church prepared. If your mom works all day preparing a nice meal, I guarantee you she's gonna be offended if you sit at the table and make no effort to receive it. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit of God. Scripture tells us that the Spirit of God is quenched in our lives when we make no effort to receive the Word of God. And so there are some basic tools that you should have ready to go for receiving God's Word. And some of those are internal, some are external. Uh, Internally, have your heart ready to go, okay? Get focused in. Uh, Confess any known sin. We all have sin in our lives every day and every week. Ask God to speak to your life through His Word. And then externally, uh, have your Bible ready out. Uh, Have your Bible ready to go. If it helps you to highlight or underline or take notes, those can all be good things too. Uh, but I'm excited about family worship because I believe that we have a God-given opportunity in each generation to lead our young people and our children to hunger and thirst after God's Word. So, you know, we're going to see this morning that it all begins with the example and the passion of the adults in the room. So let's go to Psalm 127 this morning. Psalm 127. And thankful for all the boys and girls. And I also heard that we had an amazing crowd of youth in our uh, youth Sunday school today. And they almost maxed out their room. So praise God for them. Psalm 127. We're in the second sermon in the series, Found Faithful. And last week, we saw that purpose is a trust. Uh, This morning, we're going to see that family is a trust. Family is given to us by God as something to be carefully and diligently managed. And we only get one shot at it. So we have to get it right the first time. I'm going to read Psalm 127 out loud. And if you have the scripture there in front of you, I encourage you to follow along silently. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. When we understand that family is a trust that is given by God to us, we will realize, we'll emphasize God's best plans for each family member. And believe it or not, uh, God has better plans for you and your wife and your husband and your kids and your grandkids than you could ever possibly have. Uh, God has called us to train up children in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Now, the way that they should go is not only the path of truth. That's kind of a given. The way that they should go is also the specific direction that God wants each person to take. Okay, so you look at every person in this room, there is a way that he should go. There's a way that she should go. God has already designed each person for his purpose. And the way that they should go calls them to go out with passion and to explore the gifting that God has provided for their lives. And so family... Is a trust. Now we're going to talk about this in four ways this morning. The notes are provided for adults in your bulletin or on the U version app. And kids, you have your own special bulletin today. And thank you to those who are helping with that area. I so appreciate that. Let's talk first about the inheritance. The inheritance. Uh, children, we just read in Psalm 127, are a heritage from the Lord. Now, a heritage is something that is given to you, or something that's left to you, a, a tradition, a legacy, and a state. And when you consider an inheritance, you have to realize a couple of things. First, you have to realize that you did nothing to get it, right? You didn't do anything to get it. And it's never about deserving. It's not whether you deserve it or not. Now, God tells us here that children fit into this classification. You did nothing to get them, and it's not about deserving. They are gifts from God. Gifts that are reserved, but not deserved. Uh, Children are a stewardship with which God blesses parents so that they can be trained up in the way they should go. Our kids are our most wonderful blessings. And yet, they aren't really ours. When we view children as our own, we have a tendency to limit God's plans for their lives. You know what God wants us to pray for every day regarding these gifts in our lives? He wants us to pray that they would know and do the will of God. They would know and do the will of God, that they would each find out and live God's purposes for their lives That they would have a personal loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Those are big picture prayers. And yet, many Christian parents get caught up in praying for things that are not big picture prayers. Right? We pray for things for our kids that are uh, in the immediate. We pray for things related to this earth. Related to teams and hobbies and the plans of this earth. Uh, And uh, these big picture prayers, they only happen over a lifetime. They never happen in one day. But it does help to regularly remember that family is an inheritance. It is a heritage. You did nothing to get it, and it's never about deserving. So that's the inheritance. Now let's talk about the instructions. That's the second part today, the instructions. All right, how many of you Are the oldest child in your family? The oldest child in your family. Okay, how many of you are the youngest child? Okay, how many of you are an only child? So you're both? (laughs) Okay, how many of you are a middle child? Somewhere in the middle. All right, how many of you think that being the oldest child is the best position to be in? Okay, I think I saw some of those hands before. How many of you think the youngest child is like where you clean up? I mean, mom and dad are soft on you. You get all the toys, but you do get a lot of hand-me-downs, okay, if you're the youngest child. Uh, If you're the oldest child in the family, though, I'm the oldest child in my family. Uh, God brought me into the family and then added four little sisters, right? Can you imagine this? Uh, and then I met and married my wife. My wife also has four sisters. So between us, we have no brothers. Uh, we, we sing quite often, oh brother, where art thou? But if you are the first child in your family, did you know that you were the experiment? Right? You were the family guinea pig. Now what's that mean? Well, think about it. Your parents had to go through more training to get a driver's license than they did to walk out of that hospital carrying you to a car. Yeah. And in my day, to not even put you in a car seat, yeah. right? They just put you in the front seat and held on to you and went home. Or if they were really crazy, they just put you in the back seat. <laughs> I don't know if that happened to you. Maybe that could be some of the things that, well, anyway, um, <laughs> But, but truly, they learned parenting at your expense. Yeah. Uh, it was on the job training. Like, oh, we probably shouldn't do that again. Uh, with the next one, we probably don't want to do it that way. Right? And, and somehow you have survived. Well, come on, you turned out okay. Right? And wouldn't it be nice if families came with instructions? Yeah. Well, actually, they do. And better than any book you can buy on Amazon or any book if there still are Christian bookstores around (laughs) you could buy there is if you just read one chapter of Proverbs every single day. It'll make you a better parent. It'll make you a better husband, wife, or grandparent. See, the Proverbs are filled with hundreds of little pieces of advice about how to do family. But you know the Scriptures also have other places that reveal our family stewardship responsibilities. Uh, For fathers and mothers, we have passages like Deuteronomy 6. And and if you can, turn there for a minute, and let's read what God has to say for parents. And really for both parents, specifically uh, for the father here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And you should see what it says. It's so interesting. Deuteronomy 6 Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And if you're just learning the books of the Bible, the best way to do it is to get an actual paper Bible so that you can know how to flip to the the books. If you do it on your device, you'll never learn the books of the Bible and their order, because you'll just go down until you see that book with your eyes. And, And so, Uh, The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse number 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is what Lord? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's almost like we've already done something like that. Now look at verse number 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. So it starts with the parent's heart. And thou shalt teach them Diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. So this passage says, Wow, God is serious about parents giving scriptural truth. To their kids. Uh, If you look over to Psalm chapter 78, and Psalms is right in the middle of the Bible. Uh, So if you kind of put your fingers right there in the middle, and you will probably see Psalms or Proverbs or Isaiah, somewhere around in there. Psalm 78. Look at verse number four. And if you like to underline or highlight this passage, you should know it. If you're a parent or you're ever going to be a parent, or you are a parent of a parent, uh, this is something that's very important for you. Look at verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which He commanded our fathers. Now look at this phrase that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. So God gives instructions to parents, and in this passage, to grandparents. Uh, You know, for children, we also have powerful instructions. The fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments says... Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And uh, I'm telling you, God's math on this subject of honoring your parents is simple math, and it is never wrong. Uh, The first thing that goes in a society that's headed toward destruction is always the dishonoring of parents, right? When you see a society fall, it always starts with dishonoring parents. Paul mentioned this in First Timothy uh, when he told them that in the last days, perilous times would come and men would be lovers of themselves and covetous and boasters and proud and blasphemers and disobedient to parents. You know, when parents become peers, instead of the God-given authority figures in the home, A society is headed downward. When parents are disregarded and dishonored by society, families disintegrate. And so do cities and churches and cultures. And I'm sure all you kids know God's instructions in Ephesians 6. Uh, But just in case you don't, uh, these are some verses that you should learn and that your parents should teach you. And they should teach you this on repeat. And I want you kids, when you're looking at this verse in Ephesians 6, I want you to know this. There are no perfect parents, right? Now, none of you kids say amen. There, there are no perfect parents. No dads are perfect. No moms are perfect. But God has still called you to honor them, right? God still called you to honor them. And that can have to do with a lot of things. It can have to do with your words, Right? Have you ever heard a child yell at his or her parents? That's dishonoring, right? Have you ever seen a child roll his or her eyes at their parents? That's dishonoring. And my mom used to say, you roll them at me, I'll roll them right back. And she didn't mean it in a good way. <laughs> Ephesians 6 says this, children, obey your parents' in the lord for this is right honor thy father and thy mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth you know kids who honor their parents they're a lot more fulfilled in life they're a lot more happy because they keep the meaningful connections that god has given them and i know it's not always possible and there are horrible things in society That happen with kids and families and uh, broken families. But you know, the best you know how, kids, you can honor your parents. So there there are instructions for parents and for kids. Do you know there are also instructions for the church in helping families manage their responsibilities that they've been given by God? And we could look at a lot of different passages. I want to take the time to look at one. It's in Titus chapter two. Titus chapter 2, and Titus is right after 2 Timothy. If you're looking for it, it's a short little book, right after 2 Timothy. uh, Look what it says here in Titus 2. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men... How many of you would say, I feel like I might be an aged man? Anybody in here? Okay, an aged man... Be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. The aged women likewise, we will not ask about that one, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their parents, or to their own husbands, sorry, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And so it's clear that God has given us an instruction book for family, and for everything else. But, but we have to read and apply it. And, and that's where the involvement comes in. And that's the third part of our message today. The involvement. <clears throat> Stewarding our families in a spiritual way takes all hands on deck. Dads have to be involved. Moms have to be involved. Youth leaders have to be involved. Pastors have to be involved. Seasoned believers have to be involved. Nobody gets a pass on this. And if we don't stay present and involved, we lose the next generation. Uh, As we read in Psalm 127 except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And that's our call to involvement. Uh, Place the foundation of your family on Christ and allow Him to be the center of its structure. It's often been said that if we don't teach our children to follow Christ, then the world will teach them not to follow him. And that's a fact. Sadly, modern Christian parenting uh, is often done in a way that teaches the children more about the ways of the world than it does about the ways of God. And there is very little parent involvement in the biggest task God has given parents. Now I want you to think about this for a second. If you only fed your child once a week, you would be considered a horrible parent, right? If you didn't make sure that your kids had a plate and silverware and a cup, you would be a horrible parent, right? Unless it was a skip for church. Then it would be okay. But if you always expected other people to be the the ones to take care of your kids' physical needs, I'm pretty sure that that wouldn't work out very long, without some type of intervention by your family or by somebody else. And yet, did you know that many Christian parents expect other people at church to be the ones who raise their kids spiritually? They do. They think that it's a drop-off and pick-up thing. I drop the kid here. They're going to shape him spiritually. I pick him up, take him back home, he listens to whatever he still listens to, watches whatever, he's online, does this stuff. Uh, and listen, if, if you never talk about spiritual things at home, and you don't put forth any time or energy to discuss, discuss with your kids what is supposedly the most important part of your life, then I'll tell you this, your kids will learn. They, kids, Learn. Have you ever wondered why your two-year-old can sing along with the jingle on the commercial? Right? Have you ever wondered why your three-year-old can quote billboards before they can read? It's the craziest thing, because kids learn, and you know, kids learn much more by what is caught than by what is taught. They know what's really important to their parents. And they know what the true priorities are. And Christian parents, listen, I I doubt that any of you intend to carelessly handle God's gifts. But spiritual neglect doesn't have to be on purpose. It can easily just happen through complacency. That's why watching over God's gifts requires consistent spiritual communication. You don't have to do an hour a day, but you have to do something every day. And that's why in our family worship service, we're prioritizing the family focus. Because it's something you can take home and work on with your family during the week. Whether it's a couple minutes at dinner or before bedtime or on the way to school, uh, it, it's going to always be a Bible verse or a spiritual concept that helps you get the conversation moving in the right direction. And as I said, in the the month of January, it's the purpose of life for every believer in every church, the great commandment and the great commission, serving God by serving others. Being an invested Christian parent doesn't take massive amounts of time, right? Did you know that being considered a good husband, you you can actually go way up in points if you do things that take like three seconds, like pick up your dirty socks, right? Close that certain lid, right? Uh, Fix the toothbrush for the wife once in a while. Uh, Squeeze the toothpaste in the way she likes. When you replace the the roll of toilet paper, do it in the way she thinks is the actual right way, right? Because some people think it's this way, some people think it's that way. And if you just did like those four things, that has nothing else to do with life you would already go ding, 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 up quite a few points, right? Then you could add some, you know, communication and some of those more difficult things for for husbands. But uh, you could also be a a decent Christian parent if you just invest a little bit of time consistently. That's the key word. It takes consistent amounts of time. And look, I know there is a fight for time in homes. I mean, there is a fight for time. Kids want to spend time on electronic devices. How many of parents would give me an amen on that one? Yeah. Do you know that parents want to spend time on electronic devices? How many kids would give me an amen on that one? Yeah. Do you know it goes both ways? Right? It goes both ways. Uh, Kids have homework, parents have homework, kids have chores, parents have chores. I guarantee you that the enemy would like nothing more for them than for you to get so busy in life that you don't carefully and spiritually manage the most important trust God has ever given you, your own family. And so kids, I need your help on this this week. Uh, because let, let's just be honest, your parents are getting older, and your parents are actually getting more forgetful every day. That's just part of life. And, and so you need to remind them, hey mom, hey dad, we have to work on the family focus together, okay? Now kids, we're going to practice this so you can do it at home, all right? So I want you to say either hey mom or hey dad, right? You ready? On the count of three, here we go, one, two, three, that's some. You guys are lame. Now, help me out. On the count of three kids, you either say, hey, mom, or hey, dad, or something. You ready? Know? One, two, three. All right. Let, just, for this, just for this illustration, we're going to do this, okay? I need everybody to help me out, and we're going to replace mom and dad, and we're going to say, hey, Kool Aid Man. Okay? Right? And uh, how many of you remember Hey Kool Aid Man? Anybody remember this? Okay, so mom and dad, now you have something on YouTube to show to the kids uh, to initiate this. So on the count of three, hey Kool-Aid man, here we go, one, two, three, hey, man. yeah, it's still, still not that great, but okay, hey Kool-Aid man, and then the second part is this, we have to work on the family focus, you ready, one, two, three. I like it. I like it. Now, don't, don't miss this last word. Don't miss this last word. You ready? Together. 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 We have to do it together. It's not something where we send the kids to their room to go work on the family focus. We have to do it together because if we don't model it to the next generation, it's not going to get done. Now, young people, I, I realize Some of you don't have involved Christian parents. But you know, God, He's going to bless you as you hunger and thirst after His Word. And we already said there's no perfect parents, but there is a perfect God who calls us to be consistent in our careful management of His greatest gifts to us. You know, the best day to start being consistent? Today. Right? Because if you wait till tomorrow, it may never happen. You can't change whether you did it yesterday. Get a consistent walk with God in your family today. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Let's close today by talking about the infinite. This last part of the message the infinite. The infinite. God constantly calls our hearts back to what lasts forever. Some of my favorite verses are in Colossians 3. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. You know, there is a struggle taking place in our families every day between the earthly and the eternal. And if we're honest, and I'm being honest, many times, The earthly is what wins. Bob Jones Sr. said this. This is a quote worth hearing and maybe writing down in your Bible. He said, Never sacrifice the permanent on the altar of the immediate. Never sacrifice the permanent on the altar of the immediate. But that's what we do so often. We sacrifice the long-term God's big picture for our family on the altar of the immediate. And we fret and worry and become anxious over things that don't last, which causes us to fail to invest in the gifts that do. And I, I want to encourage you to have something or someone in your life that calls you back to the eternal each and every day. Something or someone that centers your life back on Christ, something or someone that sets your mind upon the high calling that you have as a steward of God's precious gifts. See, when we view our families as belonging to us, then we're going to devote time and effort and resources to the temporal, to the earthly, to that which does not last. But when we view our families as belonging to God, We'll invest our time and effort and resources in the eternal. And I believe that as a church, we need to commit together to keeping our focus on the eternal. Yes, there are some things going on here on earth that seem pretty big and important right now. There are a lot of them. But we are called to lay aside every way and the sin that so easily besets us, and run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus, because God's gifts, these precious children, are counting on us to show them the way. That's really what the faith challenge is today. God has given us the heritage of families as well as the tools to develop them. We talked earlier about using the tools God has given us. And it could be as simple as making sure that every person in your family has a Bible and brings it to church, right? That's so simple. I guarantee you that you have been in your car before and thought of something you need, jumped online and bought it at a stoplight. And yet your kid doesn't have a Bible to bring to church you know what that indicates to the kid? It's not a priority. I'm just being real with you. I'm not trying to demean you. I love you. I care for you. But if you want it to be a priority, you got to make it one. And you may want to get online today with local church Bible publishers or one of the great uh, Bible making sites and get on with your kid. Let them choose their own Bible if they don't have one. And then buy it for them. You say, that Bible's leather, it costs $45. Yeah, but their Christmas toy costs $75. Do you see where we're on this priority thing again? You want me to keep going? Buy the Bible, right? Buy the Bible. Get them a Bible, bring it to church, and show them they're supposed to bring the Bible to church by bringing your Bible to church. And uh, I can't stress this enough. You say, Pastor, you harp on this all the time. Could you get off it? I don't like it. You know, I'm going to keep stressing it until I see Bibles everywhere out there. Because I believe we have to go back to the foundational Christianity that carries a Bible with us instead of just seeing it in an app. Now, I use the app. I use it for my Bible reading plan. But I think we need to bring a Bible to church. And maybe if you have a teenager at home, or maybe more than one teenager at home, uh, do a U-version Bible reading plan together. Uh, Another thing, join one of our 930 Bible studies while your kids are in Sunday school. Bring your kids and teens to Sunday school for that extra spiritual boost and that teaching. Uh, Get into the monthly marriage group that meets here at church. See, God, just like our skit today... God has provided all of the nutrition we need, but we have to open our mouths to receive it. And if we don't, we can't grow. If we push away from the Holy Spirit's preparation in our hearts, eventually the Spirit is quenched, and our hearts become hardened and carnal, and we forget why we're on the earth. And we come to church, but it's just really, when it comes down to it, it's all about just a social gathering that we feel like we have the duty to do, instead of a time where we actually worship God together. And in doing all of this, we forget about God's precious gifts that He has provided for us to manage. And our kids grow up with less of a relationship with God than they could have family is a trust. What are the commitments that God wants you to make today? It could be you need to pray something in your heart now. It could be you need to sit down with a spouse later and talk about this. This has to be a priority in our lives. One of the things that Amy and I pray every day is that God would give us the foresight to see what's coming in the lives of our kids. Then God would give us the wisdom to know what to do about it. And then the hardest one, that God would give us the courage to actually do it. See, there's a lot of Christian parents who know what they should do with their kids, but they're too afraid of their own kids. They're afraid to take away the iPad for 10 minutes. They're afraid to turn the cartoon off. They're afraid to tell the teen that they can't wear that or do that or listen to that or go with that person or do that thing because they don't want to be disliked by their own kids. And I'm telling you, parents, God didn't call you to be liked. God called you to trade up a child in the way he should go. And you remember when your kid was three and he wanted to eat the entire tube of cookie dough? Did you let him do it just so he wouldn't be disappointed? No, you told him, you can't eat that whole thing, buddy. You will be sicker than a dog if you do that. And you had to take it away from him. But as your kid grows, you feel like, oh, he's more of a peer now. And if I tell him no, he'll never like me again and we'll never be friends. Here's the tragedy. Parents who go that route often end up, their desire is that their kids be their friend. And they often end up with their kids not being their friend. But parents who train them up in the way they should go, they a lot of times get to enjoy that friendship. You know, the, the last thing we pray for our kids every day is that they will grow closer to Christ than we have had the opportunity to be. That they'll, go, they'll be able to have an opportunity to know Jesus even more than we do. And if you can't tell, this is a passion for me because I believe God has called me as a pastor to strengthen families to follow God. Yeah, I think that that's what our opportunity is in this service, in this month, in this year. And I want you to know, if you walk out here today and you get in your car, you say, Pastor, sure was on it today. He was on us and he on this. Then you got the wrong thing. I love you. And that's why I'm smack dab hitting you with the truth. Uh, And you say, well, we can do just as good if we do it our way. Here's the problem. You're not even doing it your way. Right? That's what people, well, we just do, we read our Bible on the app. Yeah, well, how's it working for you? Right? Well, we, we bring this and we do it this way. But the thing is, that's just your excuse. And inside of the excuse is a big, fat, hollow thing called an L-I-E. And the first person you always L-I-E to is yourself. And you can never grow spiritually if you're spending your time making excuses. You got to own it. And I'm telling you, you, your kids, if they're more than three or four years old, they know your priorities. They know them. Right? If you sat down in a room, they could tell us what their mom and dad like to do the most. And I got really quiet at the end of church. (laughs) But I want to reconfirm with you that I love you. And God loves you way, way more than I could ever love you. And His plans for your kids are so much better than your plans could ever be. And so get on board with God's plan for your family. Let's close in prayer today. Father, as as we close this service in prayer, we ask that every person who understands what we're talking about today would make commitments worthy of a Savior who would come to this earth willingly bleed and die on a cross for our sins. Make our commitments worthy of His commitment. Help us to be willing to follow you with our lives, and to treasure the gifts that you've given us in our family. God, we pray your blessing now upon each of us throughout this week, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everybody. We love you. Have a great day. Everybody hurts. Sometimes I know that's what they say.